Presented by the Evangelism Department of the North American Mission Board. This is Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. The podcast to help pastors be on mission in their local community. Here's your host, Joel Sutherland. Welcome to the Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. Pastor, you ought to be evangelistic on Sunday mornings. That is, come and see evangelism. But you'll never reach your city if it's all come and see. You do need your members hitting the pavement on Mondays and showing and sharing the love of Christ. That's go and tell. We call it living on mission. It's probably the hardest thing for a pastor to measure because we are spending time, because we aren't spending time with them every day. We don't really know how to measure that. What would we track? How would we even get an honest report uh, if we could track it? Top evangelistic churches have made a commitment to helping members seek opportunities to leverage their lives for the gospel's sake. Seek does not mean probably what you think it means. It means how can you impact your world right where God has placed you? As a pastor, you have to ask yourself the question, how can you motivate and resource them to seek opportunities to live on mission? Help them answer questions like this. Who should I be reaching out to? Where should I be reaching out? What tools, ideas, plans, or resources can I leverage to reach out? Is there a piece of geography I should own missionally? Is there an affinity group I should own missionally? Top evangelistic churches help members answer those questions. The more gray area you can remove for them, the more likely you are to see evangelistic results. For example, what is more clear for a member? First of all, you get in the pulpit and you say, make sure you witness to someone this week. Or, secondly, you are in the pulpit and say, would you pass out three invitation cards in the coffee shop you spend the most time in, and then you give them three invitation cards? Well, obviously, in number two, you're helping them answer basic questions about how to live missionally, and then you're giving them the resource to do it. So here's what you need to understand. People need the easy button when it comes to living missionally. So let's take a break, and when we return, we'll be joined by my co-host, and we'll hear from one of our top evangelistic pastors that who helps people live missionally. Scott, how important is that easy button to help members seek opportunities for missional living? They'll do it if you make it easy. Now, I don't know that easy always means an easy task in and of itself, but easy to understand. Mm-hmm. I think your examples that you gave in your monologue are absolutely perfect. Um, you know, what's the difference between saying go witness to someone this week or would you please pass out three church invitation cards at your favorite hangout, school, or work? I mean, that the specificity is really what makes it easy, you know, and I, <laughs> I heard a great quote one time that said either you're going to be a – Wandering generality or a meaningful specific. Wow. And we often give people wandering generalities instead of meaningful specifics. And when you do, it's like, oh, is that all you're asking me to do? Okay, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, and I, I think as pastors, we are the wandering generality sometimes because we're preaching to children, students, college kids, singles, young marries, elderly. We wind up giving this, this I mean, it's not even a call to action. It's no. a call to ponder, maybe. You know, it, it's a right. And really, we we wind up with the um, 
uh, bystander effect. When I give a generalized, uh, you know, um, everybody witness this week, it's bystander effect. You just assume, well, somebody on here will do what he said. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you know, because that, there wasn't anything specific enough in there for me to uh, put my hook on and say, oh, that's for me. But when you talk about seeking opportunities to live missionally, I think before the height of Christian service was come work at a church full time. And now really what we're seeing top evangelistic churches, and we're not, I'm not, I'm not discounting a call to ministry or anything, but we're saying, hey, that businessman can do more kingdom work in his business context if I can train him to seek an opportunity to leverage his life missionally in his business context. It's it's really kind of a paradigm shift from years ago, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think we're installing radar for people to start to pick up on what's going on in their environment with a view toward evangelism. And they mm-hmm. they didn't really have that sense outside the church walls. And I think now we're, we're seeing more of that, definitely, and especially because I think our culture is more of a, for lack of a better phrase, an engagement culture. Mm-hmm. So how are you engaging your workplace, right, uh, with a view toward the gospel? Why God has strategically put you there? I think your, your questions in the monologue were perfect, again, uh, you know, that you asked, you know, who who should I be reaching out to? Where should I be reaching out? What tools, ideas, plans, or resources can I leverage to reach out? Those are great questions that we ask a lot of times at the church level as a leader, mm-hmm. but help them ask those questions about their specific context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's what they do. They put it in our context, and so they can answer that question for us, the pastor, but they never think, and we don't push them that direction. No. You know, is there a piece of geography I need to own mm-hmm. personally? Right. Because there probably is. I mean, like you, you have neighbors. Is there an affinity group which is, you know, even more important than geography in this day and age in which we live? What are the affinity groups? You know, your ge- your your rec department, your ball team, your rec ball team, that's an affinity group, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to reach out to, your golfing partner, whatever it may be. Um, if we don't put missional living in that context for them, it's, I mean, we, we think, well, they get that, but they just don't get that. You mentioned at one of the podcasts that more and more churches, of leading baptizing churches that, that, that are leading evangelistic churches, are helping their people see themselves as missionaries, and they're addressing them as missionaries, mm-hmm. which means they're using language like, we are a sent people, you are a sent people. Well, naturally, that begs the question, where you sent to, mm-hmm. right? So, so I think that languaging is very important uh, around, you know, again assigning identity as a missionary. You are a missionary, and then asking the questions missionaries ask. That's what these are. These yeah. are contextual missional questions. Yeah, and I think you have to get in the pulpit. I do this regularly and say, hey, you've got to get the idea of missionary is someone who gets on a plane, goes overseas, and lives in Africa the rest of their lives. Chances are, and well for that again, not diminishing sure. international missions at all, but chances are, your work environment is maybe as lost as some countries in Africa are percentage wise, mm. or your your recreation environment, or wherever you may be, your your neighborhood. I mean, there's a there, you've got a high probability of lostness right where you are. So here's the truth: you are a missionary now. Let me as a pastor in church help resource you to be a missionary. Right, right. Give you the easy button mm-hmm. to be a missionary 
right where you are. And I think when you change that vernacular, it helps. We talk about commitment and consistency. You know, mm-hmm. uh, okay, you're a missionary, so what what kind of questions do good missionaries ask? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so you know, naturally appeal to the part of them that you know has a heart for God. They want to do what God's put them here to do. And uh, help them to flesh that out with the questions that that make them more relevant as a missionary in their context. Yeah. So let's let's hear from one of our leading pastors evangelistically, Ronnie Floyd, where he talks about this idea of just seeking out opportunities in your daily life. He's got a great story he tells, um, seeking out opportunities in your daily lives to live on mission. Number seven is people. People's key. What do I mean by that? Well, you better know people. What does that mean? You have to enlist them. You got to equip them. You have to empower them. You got to empower them to reach your community for Christ. Who are you enlisting? Who are you equipping? And who are you empowering to reach your community with the gospel? It's important. If you want to know whether or not a staff member is worth their money, remember these three words enlist, equip, and empower what leaders are they enlisting what leaders are they are they equipping and what leaders are they empowering if they're doing that then hey they're doing what god called them to do what does that represent ephesians 4 11 and 12 that's what it represents and the whole deal is we have to motive we have to motivate them and mobilize our people to reach our community motivate them Man, there's nothing like being motivated to do that. Last week, my team, I got response on my presentation with them last week, all week long. They said, man, we went back. We started talking about things we hadn't talked about in a long time in our staff meeting. Uh-huh, yeah. Isn't that amazing? You talk about evangelism, guess what they're going to talk about? Evangelism. They're going to start thinking differently about it. Uh, that's motivational. That's mobilizing them to the task. And you know what? The resounding commission is this commission right here. Don't ever forget it. It's in Matthew 28. As you go. As you go. As you go into the corporate world. As you go into the school systems. As you go into the legal world. As you go out there on the ball fields. As you go out on Friday night. Remember, I'm on mission with God. And I got to reach that community with the gospel. I could tell you great stories along the way of that. But one of my favorite stories is I got to talking to this guy one time who had a cap on at a ball game. And he had a cap on, and I mean, he just looked like a guy leaning over watching, watching a Friday night football game. And so he introduced himself to me. He said, yeah, my son goes here. And I said, yes, and my son told me that he was going there now. And, and uh, that guy, I mean, he, he's, I didn't know it, but he was the president of Walmart U.S. <laughs> and, he, you know, he dresses like us so nobody would bother him on a Friday night. It's a good idea. And uh, we baptized him about a year ago. T- and all that came from just starting on a conversation on a Friday night, developing a relationship, taking him to lunch, spending time with him. Had coffee with him two weeks ago. And it all starts with one or two things along the way. 
me as a pastor knowing that wherever I am, I have to always be available. Even at a Friday night ball game, carrying on a conversation, establish a relationship. Pastor, God's called you to lead. Lead your church to be an evangelistic church. And may the Lord bless you as you do it for his glory. So identify those and activate your life and your leadership upon those. So uh, great, great story. Now, that's obviously a pastor story, but he was at a ball game, which, pastor, you may not go to ball games, but your church members are going to ball games. So we have to think through how do I resource those parents at ball games? How do I get them the easy button for living on mission? How do I get them to adopt the gym they're sitting in or the ball field they're sitting on or the football stands they're sitting in, the soccer field they're sitting on to live missionally? They, they can adopt that as much as you can adopt a country in Africa as a missionary. Yeah. Oh, that's a great word. Yeah, I, th- I think they need to see it that way. You know, and and you need to bridge that for them in your communication about, you know, evangelism and living missionally um, that, look, in the same way we adopt, and maybe your church has, you know, we adopted this small town in Russia and the church there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. partnered with them. Hey, we're partnering with you in your marketplace. You're you're adopting yes. your marketplace, your, your job, your, you know. Um, yeah, so we do that in a small town in Russia. And don't think about doing it in your marketplace. Yeah, so constantly bridge context because that's where we are, again, back to being missionaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, but I love, you know, you hear that just dripping off what Ronnie says mm-hmm. all the way through, you know, in, in, you know, in the greater context. I know in one of our earlier first episodes we, we talked about that. You know, we heard from Ronnie, and he talked about how you need to know your, your, your town as well as the, the mayor or – the, the policeman or the realtor is a better idea, mm-hmm. a better, a better uh, you know, role in your community, that of a realtor. Know that community. Why? Because that is your – that you have to think missiologically. Yeah, and we just don't – it's just a different – it's a shift a little bit, and we need to catch up with the shift. So I'm going to say something here that – I'm not saying I, I like it. I'm just saying it's a fact. Only 43% of our top evangelistic churches we studied have a – Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Saturday morning, come to the church and go do outreach. Mm-hmm. Now, 43% did, 57% did not. Yet these are the top evangelistic churches. So we had to ask the question, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're they're saying, hey, don't come here and then go out. You go out every day of your life. Mm-hmm. Let us resource you when you go out where you are. Yeah. And Wow. Wow, what a difference that there's a missional community. There, there, there's a community that they need to reach missionally that I don't know where they live. I'm never going to get their address. I'm not going to get any FaceTime with them. Or And the, the one thing we heard over and over again from churches that do go out and do outreach is nobody's ever at home. Nobody's ever at home. Now, we saw a lot of the churches, the 57% who didn't do it, they would blanket communities with, you know, uh, hanging out gifts on the doors. I mean, they did go do some door-to-door activities. It wasn't necessarily trying to lead people to Christ. It was more church introduction kind of stuff, and those things are fantastic too. And, again, we're all, I'm, all, I'm for all forms of evangelism, but we just have to realize where we are. 
and where we are is it's harder to find people at home and it's harder to get people to answer the door. And so, but they do go to work and they do play ball and they do go to the grocery store and they do do all these other things. So now how do I, what do I do with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to, to speak to the ones that actually do a, let's say Tuesday night visitation to go mm-hmm. back to just, you know, what we're used to nowadays, the churches that are doing that, it's really oriented around more um, just follow up of hot prospects yeah, exactly. that came on Sunday. Exactly. It's just a, a short window of time to follow up with people that have already said they that have already been to your church and checked on the card. I'd like to know more information or here's my address. By and large, you're right. The emphasis is overwhelmingly on mobilizing them to do to do missional uh Living and seek and seeking to serve and share share the go- share the gospel where they live. Well, and it's and you're right. It's mobilizing and resourcing to go out. You just can't tell them to do it. You you actually kind of have to blueprint it out for them. Here's how you would go into your marketplace. Here's how you would go into your recreation space. Here's how you would go into all these spaces that you occupied during the week. Here's a model of how you can live missionally in that context. And uh, yeah, I like this three E's, the yep. enlist, inc- enlist, equip, and empower. Yep. Uh, I mean, th- right. that could go on your wall. That that needs to be on s- your staff meeting, top of your agenda. You know, how are we enlisting, how are we equipping, and how are we empowering? And 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 evaluate that constantly. Well, and I know jo- you and I both, John Maxwell, trainers, speakers, and that kind of thing, coaches and leadership. John Maxwell has a great resource he introduced last year, I guess, early last year for businessmen. It's it's a um, it's not a think tank. What do you uh, a mind kind uh, of like a mastermind mastermind thing? class where you have six lessons on leadership mm-hmm. that you show in your business context, and then there's an optional seventh lesson on what John says is the number one reason I have been successful or or what's made me a leader. In his optional class, you don't have to attend it. We said, well, obviously, everybody comes, and he, he shares his story of coming to Christ and how Christ can change your life and gives a uh, an altar call basically in the video. That is enlisting people to do that, equipping them to do it, and empowering them I love it. to do that same kind of thing. I love it. And that's another easy button thing where it's like it's turnkey, just plug and yep. play this in your community. You know, we, we need to keep in mind when we talk about enlisting, equipping, and empowering that – that what that that's not going to file people into a cattle stall. Everybody looks the same cookie cutter right. outcome. No, uh, you still have in your church uh, the ratios that few are leaders, more are middle managers, mm-hmm. and the rest are followers. Mm-hmm. And so, as you're equipping and empowering and enlisting and all that, it you're going to have people respond to your methodology differently and end up in different places and some will end up leading and be part of the enlisting process most will never become part of the enlisting process uh they'll just they'll join up for whatever takes honestly the the least amount of thinking it's the easy button folks Mm -hmm. and then you've got people that fall out in the middle that'll help you equip and things like that so don't don't make some kind of a uh high bar outcome the same for everyone because it's not no. going to be the case. Well, Pareto principle, you'll get 80% of your results out of 20% of your people when it comes to that. Cannot true, change everything. It. That's right. right. So uh, just know that, and, but just live with it. I mean, just if you get 20, if you get 20% of anything out living missionally, you've hit a home run and you're, you're, you're setting the pace for right. that. And just kind of close. I love Keith Weezer. Uh, you know, at, and in Washington, just it's the interviews out there, and I keep referring to it at the at the blog uh, nam.net slash your church on mission. When he gave people a dot, 
And he said, go put the dot on the map that God has called you to reach as a missionary. Now, when that dot's on the map, you're to pastor that dot. You're to live missionally in that dot. You own that dot. We'll give you resources. We'll give you ideas. But that dot is yours. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a piece of geography. And it may be a rec department. It may be a neighborhood. It may be an office complex. list goes on and on. could be a restaurant. But you own that dot. And we want you to seek opportunities to live your life on mission out in that context where lost people are. Where lost people are. Man, Love I think it. if we could adopt that mindset somehow, mm-hmm. some way, just a framework of that mindset for our members, we change the whole conversation when we do that. Hugely, hugely. Matter of fact, uh, to be frank, um, adding the dot concept to some of our top evangelistic churches would take them – that would be kerosene on their fire. Yes. Uh, because that is kind of the missing element. I mean, they – they haven't gone that far in the practical challenge mm-hmm. of you know the claim the dot because we what Weezer has done with that concept at the neglect of some uh, big Sunday morning emphases, uh, big events and things like that where they could be reaching more. They've made it all about the dot and it's worked very well for them. Mm-hmm. So it's not either or. It's not we're going to do the dot or we're going to do big events and and. And uh, you know what are some of the other things you know we've talked about on podcasts, sure, sure. right? It's 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 both and. If you can incorporate That's all right. of this, this That's is right. where you're going to get into the realm that some churches haven't even gone yet fully. Yeah, and so s- some churches that are that are just living in that come and see space, right? Uh, which is great. Yes. We're all for that. We've got three or four podcasts on that how awesome that is. If you can now introduce missional living. Seeking opportunities is what we're calling it, to leverage your life for the gospel's sake right where you are every day of your life. With the specificity, like the dot concept, yep. I think, you know, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think it takes it to a whole new The world. narrative is changing in your church quickly if, if you can get a dot. And don't worry about 100% of the people getting on board. If if you can get any percentage of your people on board, it's more than you have now. And then you resource them and you tell their stories, you empower them. I mean, that, that thing just starts feeding on itself uh, quickly, and I, and I would argue even if you're a smaller church, so so if if, if you're a smaller church, and you're going to have some quality issues with your Sunday morning worship experience, like like you're not there yet when it comes to high quality music presentation or or high quality whatever, you've got some remodeling. I mean, and for that church that says, hey, we just can't, we're not there yet. And look, I, I sympathize and empathize with that. I get it. But you, you, you can take your group of 66, which is the normative church size in the Southern Baptist Convention, and you can put a map on the wall, and you can give everybody a dot, and you can say, here's, I want you to go pray about for the next, I want you to take this dot, and I want you to pray over it for a week, and I want you to come back and put your dot, we're not telling you where to put your dot, you put your dot where you where God has told you to put your dot on the map, and then the minute you place your dot there, we're going to start giving you resources and tools and ideas Easy buttons to live. You pastor your dot. If you say that one phrase, mm-hmm. you evangelistically pastor your dot. Most of them say, "Oh, I get it, I got it." Yeah. But then you resource it. Man, it's it's a game changer. Sure, it's is. a game changer. Wow. So, pastor, we have given you over these last few broadcasts, we have done a flyby of of that blueprint of a top evangelistic church. Just one more time, pastors who lead on mission, churches who gather on mission, members who live on mission. The pastors who lead on mission do it with culture and and strategy and vision. The churches that gather on mission are evangelistic. They're in they're engaging. 
and uh, they're reaching out and, and making sure that Sunday mornings are uh, for guests, and so they're expectant, expect God and guests. And now we're talking about living on mission, and they're teaching their members to seek opportunities, to share their faith, and to serve their community. There's your blueprint. We, we've given you that blueprint. And we're going to keep talking about that over and over again. We're going to keep highlighting different aspects of that to help you. But this is what is being done. So here's what I would encourage you to do. Rewind and go back to podcast one and listen again. And keep this in front of your staff, your key leaders. Let them tune in and listen so they know what's going on. And then hang with the podcast because we're going to be breaking this stuff out even more for evangelism uh, as we go forward. So if you have any question about evangelism, send it to evangelism at nam.net. We look forward to getting your questions and be sure and leave us an iTunes review so other pastors can find the podcast as well. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for listening to your church on mission evangelism podcast. To find out more about leading your church on mission, be sure and check out the blog www.namb.net forward slash your church on mission. To send in a comment or question, email it to evangelism at namb.net.